first of all, I want to take this time to thank you because you probably never know what I'm thanking you for. But a little while ago, you sent me a bottle of wine and it's a little bit expensive, something I couldn't get myself. And we were saving it for a special occasion. And last night or Saturday night was a special occasion. We went out to a BYOB in our neighborhood and it was a good bottle of wine. It was if people out there who are wine lovers, it's called Newton, right? Right. Newton Cab. I think it was a 2015. Right. And if I'm right, this is from the Newton wineries from Sir Isaac Newton. People don't know this, but Sir Isaac Newton had a vineyard. And also <laughs> they don't know that when they know when he was sitting under the tree, it wasn't an apple that fell on his head. It was a Cabernet grape. Did you That's know that? That's exactly what it was. You know, <laughs> they just never got the story right. That's exactly That's right. right. No, that is a great bottle of wine. How would you rate it on a scale of 100? Where would you rate that particular Cabernet, sir? I am not an aficionado like you. You know, I'm not a, you know, you are a quite a, the wine steward. But, you know, it's the best wine that we've had in a long time. Kind of, I want a number. I want a number. I, I'd say it's a, a 1 to 10. I'd give it a 9. So it's a 90? Yeah. Okay. But I, again, my palate isn't your palate because you. No, actually, the- I, th- I think you're probably, you're right on. I think most professional critics on that wine would go anywhere from, you know, probably 89 to 91. So you're right there. I think you're right there, my friend. Right. But people listening. See, you're, you're much more of a connoisseur than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> Uh, I remember when my wife married me, you know, I knew about the benefits of, of red wine. And I was drinking Gallo with a screw top, big half gallons. Gallo with a screw top. <laughs> half gallons at a time. That used to be the name of my band. Yeah. <laughs> Gallo with a screw top. Uh, but she turned me on. Now, look, we're getting off topic. I got a story for you, my friend. You ready? Got it. So a Navy commander of a s- attack sub is finishing up his tour in the South Pacific. And they've been out in a long time. They're on their way back to San Diego. They stop off at the Philippines for a little R&R, and he's told later, he has a quote saying, we look forward to opportunity to engage with the local and community. So you know what this knucklehead does? He brings back 10 hookers to the hotel rooms where he's staying. 10! Not one, not two, but 10! <laughs> and how many sailors on board? <laughs> I don't know how many were on this sub, but I'm just surprised he could still raise his periscope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's not judge somebody who's not had 10 hookers brought back to their hotel room and cast the first stone. You're assuming that they're all for him. I'm thinking maybe, you know, there's some passing around. <laughs> he didn't follow the first rule of the Navy. Loose lips sink ships, right? Yeah, because we are <laughs> talking about it. That's not good. It's probably not good for his future. And it? those Filipino hookers have some loose lips, if you know what I mean. You know, I think I was talking to one just the other day when I called Amazon customer service. There you go. She was doing her second job that day. First, Thomas, also the rule of the Navy is a girl in every port. Not 10, right? Not 10. You know, the Army heard this story. You know what they said? Mm -mm. Only 10. It must be the Navy. Come on. So does Judge Kent think he should be stripped of his duty? I think he's been stripped enough already. (laughs) (laughs) But like you said, you know, it was a little bit R&R and he was going to reward his men because they probably all weren't for him. So maybe I knock him down from a commander to a, I don't know, captain or something, but I don't know. Come on. You know, they probably used to do this in the old days. He's probably an old guy who's probably just wanting to. No, he's not an old guy. I saw his picture on the internet. He's tall, dark, and handsome. Really? Yeah, baby. And he needs hookers? <laughs> I guess. You know, when you're in Philippines, when they say, when in Rome. Yeah, let your right? hands do the Roman. Tom and Mike. 
You are not a golfer, are you? I am not a golfer. And the last time I got excited, so did my putter. <laughs> There's a teenage boy in Central California in the Carmel Monterey. You know that area, right? Yep. Beautiful area. That's down below San Fran. Yeah, it's along that uh, Pacific Coast Highway, Monterey, Big Sur, that whole, oh, it's just spectacular. Well, this teenage kid in two years, he has some strange hobby. He's pulled out 50,000 golf balls from the Pacific. How do you do that? Well, there's five golf courses in this vicinity, and he dives and he goes down there. And there's, and these balls contain potentially hazard zinc compounds. They're also coated with a thin polymer layer that erodes over time. It's bad for the fish, everything. 50,000, my friend, 50,000. So is he opening up his own driving range? <laughs> I don't know, but this is why the sea levels are rising. Bad golfers. <laughs> <laughs> the Pacific Ocean is just that water, a big water 50, hazard. 50,000 golf balls. Yeah, that's going to make your sea rise. It's making mine rise right now. <laughs> you know, a wise man, I don't know if it was Mark Twain or somebody. No, it wasn't Mark Twain. It's too early. But someone said, golf is a good walk spoiled. I bet you go for that, right? A good walk spoiled because yeah. you're stopping too much, right? Yeah. I think golf courses are right up there with cemeteries as far as the waste of land goes. You know? Well, what's wrong with the natural greenscape? Too many golf courses. Oh, I don't think so. Come on. You're down on golf courses? Well, I don't know. If you tell me, would you rather have the beautiful scenery of, of a, a nice area or an 18-hole golf course? I'll I think an 18-hole golf course, because at least you have some type of topography. And come on, otherwise, what do you have? Woods. That's true. <laughs> I just know how to shut you right up, don't well, I? Well, we're, we're a couple of duffers. We don't know what we're talking about, do we? No, we don't. Tom and Mike. The American Ear and Throat Association just came out with a study that found out there's a lot of people in this country that are tone deaf. You knew that, didn't you? How many? 40%. 40%. Of the American people are born tone deaf. And that's when they can't understand pitch. Like if you hit a note on a, a piano, some people wouldn't be able to tell and the I difference. And I would assume that the Ear and Throat Association, that's their reference to those people, correct? Right, right. You know what the name of this is called? It's called congenital amusia, A-M-U-S-I-A. And you know who's the perfect example of that? Is that congenital or yes, con congenital? As in genitals. Yes. <laughs> and you're tone deaf down there, I hear. <laughs> Not really. I sing perfectly from down there, my friend. Especially after a couple of cocktails. Right. Well, a perfect example of somebody being tone deaf is probably Yoko Ono. You ever hear some of her albums? You know, some of those albums that John and Yoko Ono <laughs> right. did together. And do you know she's close to 90 now? She is? Yeah. Is that crazy? Is she really that old? Yeah. And she still can't sing. Ugh. Anyway, some of those recordings are just unlistenable. You know, you can kind of understand why the Beatles broke up because he wanted her <laughs> all their recordings. I want to know who's buying her albums, though. I don't think anybody's buying anything there. Well, so. But John bought it, and that's all that really mattered, right? Do you know that karaoke means tone deaf in Japan? Is that what that means? That's what it means. You never knew that, did you? But again, just a few cocktails and everything is pitch perfect. Well, speaking of hearing, here's my idea of the perfect marriage. A blind wife and a deaf husband. Wouldn't that be perfect? That would be so perfect. You wouldn't have to sleep in the other bedroom, would you? No. I want to sleep in the other bedroom. This has nothing to do with the relationship. Right. All right, get off this tone deaf stuff and get to our podcast, What's This World Coming To? Com. Tom and Mike. I was reading an article in Business Insider, and it said, you should notice, you've been in business most of your life. It said people who are agreeable and they're nice don't make as much money as people who are 
Not so nice. Do you believe that? So I had that the other way around when I was talking about that before. Yeah. Okay. You got me on that one. So what you're saying is nice guys do finish last. Yep. On an average of $7,000 less a year than a person who's a nice person not as make as much as that guy who's a pain in the ass that you work with. Well, is he a pain in the ass because he's a real SOB? Or is yeah, he, you're right. What's considered nice? Is he out to sort of screw everybody except himself? Or is he just determined and, you know, aggressive? Right. How do you break that down? Right. Plus, if you look back at the end of your days and you see that all the relationships you've, you've nurtured, friendships developed, is that a fair trade for $7,000 less? No! I want the moolah, right? No, you don't want the moolah. You want the relationships. Because money and the lust for money is the root of all evil. Insert evil laugh here. <laughs> Tom and Mike. I read this the other day, my friend. A woman was driving her Mercedes in reverse while screaming and naked because it was just a regular weekday in guess what state? I'm going to take a long shot guess here and go with your favorite state. <laughs> That would be Florida. You're right. Bing, 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 bing. She's driving a Mercedes in reverse, naked, screaming. Was she wearing her seatbelt, though? And how were her airbags? That's what I want to know. <laughs> her airbags? Yeah. How big was she? Her oh, good-looking woman. Her, her attorney already said she wasn't naked. Those weren't airbags. She was wearing a car, she said. Uh-huh. <laughs> do, you, do you know that it's perfectly legal to drive naked in most states in the country? But you didn't know that, did you? How about naked and in reverse? But if you're going to drive naked, my people out there listening, there's five things you got to know. You ready? Ready. Bring a towel. Seats get hot in the summer. Okay. Wear shoes. Not because it's illegal. If not, you want to ensure your feet get the grip on the pads, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Got to get the grip on the pads. Watch your speed. You don't want to be pulled over. This is an important one, number four. Bring sunscreen. Sunscreen? Yeah. And five doesn't make sense. Don't draw attention to yourself. Well, you're driving around nude. You're going to draw attention to yourself, aren't you? I think you draw more attention by texting and driving. That Those are the people that draw my attention and my ire, by the way. So if you're texting and you're driving and you're naked and you're going backwards, there's a good chance I'm going to run your ass off the road. I'm just saying. I want to know what's in the water down there or is all the cocaine that powerful? Because every day there's a story about these knuckleheads down there. So they haven't outlawed naked driving, but there's a law about being naked on the beach. Right. Well, in some beaches. Okay. They do have nude beaches in Florida now, don't they? Yeah. In a lot of parts of the United States. Well, I don't know if they're advertised, but a lot of times you walk around a corner, especially in California, and all of a sudden, whoa. I have to brush up on my nudity. I had no idea. And it's always funny when you hit a, a nude beach. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't have a problem with it. But you're wearing, you're wearing a suit, and all of a sudden you feel, oh, I'm a little awkward, right? Because I'm the only one wearing a suit. So you get out of Dodge. And there's nothing worse than going to a new beach in parts of Europe. Fat guys in Speedos? Oh, no, no, no Speedos, no nothing. That is a scary thought. Tom and Mike. A woman was feeling kind of sick, so she went to the doctor. By the time she left, the, the couple days later from the hospital, she lost 65 pounds in one day. And you're going to say to myself, how does that happen? Can you guess? She was pregnant. Nope. No, you wouldn't lose 65 pounds, would you? That's a big Did baby. Did she have one of those uh, bariatric surgeries or something? She had a tumor, baby. A tumor? A 65-pound tumor. And it was our favorite uh, <laughs> bingo number, B9. When I heard this was Idaho and she had a tumor, I thought, 
Maybe it was just a tuber she got out of her. You know, that's what they call a potato. A what? They call a potato a tuber. They do? You didn't know that? I did not. You listen to this highbrow program, <laughs> Yeah. you might just learn something. You know what the largest tumor ever pulled out of a human being? No. Go, okay, make a wild guess. I'm going to say 300 pounds. 303 pounds, baby. Ding, 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 ding. You, you didn't go over. You win. Wow. We're going to ship you that tumor. What do I win? Am I caller nine? <laughs> They took out a 303-pound tumor from an ovary of a Chinese woman once. Whoa. That's one big egg. (laughs) (laughs) She was Chinese? Yes. Did she have a fortune cookie inside? (laughs) Yeah, it said, you're going to be a thin woman. You're going to be a size six. (laughs) (laughs) How much did she weigh prior? It didn't say, but I'm guessing... 300 pounds taken out of her. I guess she tipped the scales. She probably is like, doesn't need Jenny Craig anymore, I guess. (laughs) There, There you go, buddy. Tom and Mike.